Good morning, good morning, good morning. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Friday, January 22nd, 2020. My name is Stephen Cornegay, and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Today's word of the day is cumulate, which means to gather or build up little by little. Well, if I could, I'd just like to take a moment. This is a very special day for me. I would like to wish a very happy birthday to my oldest born son. Turns 19 today. Hmm, I remember those years. 19. Let's see, what was I doing? Well, I was in the Navy, getting out of boot camp on my way around the world. I just wanted to take the time to say happy birthday, son. I love you no matter what. We may not always see eye to eye, but one thing that has never changed is my love for you. So happy 19th to Darion Leandro Kingdom Cornegay. He's probably going to kill me for that. But anywho, happy birthday, son. Now let's move on. President Joe Biden. Man, he's hit the ground running, hasn't he? I mean, he signed on his first day alone a total of 17 executive orders or mandates, or however you want to say it. That guy's been uh, pretty busy. I don't know about the term Sleepy Joe. Doesn't seem so sleepy to me. He's he's amped up, raring to go, and he's hit the ground running. Of his orders, he signed or has signed. He signed an executive order requiring face masks in federal buildings, and he also issued a 100-day masking challenge. Now, the thing about that face mask in federal buildings, if you're thinking it's just confined to just the, the physical brick and mortar well you're mistaken as it works out or is worded it also includes public transportation that's your buses, your metro trains, your I guess anything where you receive federal funding gotta have a face mask on hmm okay He's also signed an executive order halting U.S. withdrawal from the World Health Organization. Looks like the the U.S. is going back into the WHO. Also signed another executive order asking or rejoining also the Paris Climate Agreement. Ooh-wee. I know that has ruffled, those two have ruffled a lot of feathers. Hmm. And he also extended moratoriums on evictions and also extended some somewhat forgiveness for student loan payments. Still got to make the payments. He just extended the time that you have. Don't get too excited. They're not totally done away with. Sorry. So much is life. And he also renewed and preserved DACA. Now, DACA is the... Uh, program where children who were bought to the U.S. illegally the former president was trying to deport but he put a halt to that and 
we'll see how long that lasts. I'm, out of all of those, I think that's going to be one of his most hardest to get done away with. He's going to meet a lot of resistance with that one. So, we'll see how that goes. And those are just a few. Like I said, he, he signed a total of 17 executive orders. And, hey... Kudos, good luck, God bless. Well, moving on. The NFL playoffs are this Sunday. The Green Bay Packers versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Buffalo Bills versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Tell you what, those look like that's going to be two quite exciting games. Well, at least one of them anyway. I'm not a fan of Green Bay or Tampa Bay, but I do need one thing to happen. Can't believe I'm saying this, being a Chicago Bears fan. But I'm not a Tom Brady fan, so I need Green Bay to put in some work, let's say. That's all I need. I need you to win. As for the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs, that's the game for me. I mean, you got two of the premier young quarterbacks in the NFL squaring off although I haven't really heard much but last thing I heard was that Patrick Mahomes from Kansas City would be playing maybe limited you know he had a concussion he got a concussion the other week so we'll see how that goes and Buffalo's quarterback I can't recall his name Allen I believe is his name Josh Allen I believe that's his name He's looking pretty good. In many games, hell, he look, he doesn't even look like a, a little young quarterback. He looks like a veteran. So we'll see how the playoffs go. That ends the playoffs this weekend. And next up will be the Super Bowl. Hmm. I don't know about that. But we'll see. And on some sad news, I awoke this morning, of course, scrolling my social media feed, and I found... After about an hour or two, I found out that the great, and I do mean great, Henry Louis Aaron, a.k.a. Hank Aaron, passed away at the age of 86. A man that withstood so much. And not only did he withstand so much, but he gave so much. Not just to the game of baseball, but to society and life in general. If you can get anything from his life, it should be, one, always believe in yourself. Two, never give up on yourself, no matter what is said to you or about you. Always strive to be your best. So he passed at 86. He broke Babe Babe Ruth's record. And many of his own records still stand today. Retired from baseball in 1976. And what has came about on the passing, on his passing, is that he took the vaccine, the corona vaccine, on January 5th. And of course, you know, he passed. So there's many that are saying, hey, that vaccine may not be so safe. It may be a continuation of what they've always done to us as African Americans as it relates to uh, 
medicine and science. Well, I don't know too much about that. But I can tell you a personal story. You know, about a week ago, I did a podcast and I announced that I took the vaccine. Well, I take that back. I didn't announce that. I, I think I did. I did announce that I took the vaccine. Now, if you recall me saying that I got to be the only fool in America that took the vaccine and caught the common cold. Well, guess what? Turns out it was not the common cold. Turns out it was COVID. Took the vaccine on Saturday and I tested positive for COVID on January the 20th, Wednesday. Well, I'm fine. I, I, I guess I have a, a mild case and I, I truly hope and pray that it stays that. The only symptom that I have that, well, that really alerted me also was I can't smell. I can't smell anything. I mean, my taste is still there. I, I Every now and again, I get a slight headache. But I can't smell. I can't smell one solitary thing. It's irritating. <laughs> it's irritating the mess out of me too. But all in all, like I said, I'm doing well. I'll just continue to pray and, and move forward. Can't let it stop me or slow me down. All right. Let's move along. Let's get, you know, one of the the thing I wanted to do today was after all that we've been through, uh, let's say the latter part of last year, around November and December, and now January, the middle of January, with all the news of, of, of COVID and the election, you know, and the storming of the Capitol, I said, let's get back to some good old-fashioned American news. How about that? So I said, hey, I'll give it a shot. And one thing that I, I, I read about that caught my mind and it kind of it's kind of funny. I don't know if you can say that. Some may say it's not, and it's not, but it's kind of funny because I thought this type of uh sporting, I always thought it, I mean, to be honest, I just thought it was done away with. I mean, I, I personally haven't heard of anyone doing it, but apparently there's a big business in it. You want to know what it is? Fighting roosters. Cockfighting. It's popular in the Cajun community or, or the Cajun part of the country. I guess that would be down in uh, New Orleans, down there, and also popular amongst Mexican-Americans. I mean... The only time I actually saw it or heard about it or gave it any credence to it was on Roots. I mean, we all remember Chicken George and, Chicken George and his dad. They were cockfighters. They would travel from place to place fighting their cocks. You know, that's the only time I've heard of it. I did not know it was so popular, I guess. Well, apparently, here in North Carolina, they're saying that North Carolina breeders illegally ship hundreds of live roosters to the island of Guam in the Pacific 
which is a U.S. territory, by the way. Huh. So apparently on Guam, cockfighting is a major sport. I mean, like I said, they're, they're, they're shipping hundreds of roosters <laughs> to this island in Guam in a cockfighting trade. Oh, man, there's a punchline in there somewhere. But I'm not going that way. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. They're shipping these roosters at 2000 per head. 2000 per head. Hmm. Wow. According to two nonprofit rescue groups, they are the Animal Wellness Action and the Animal Wellness Foundation. These two organizations sent letters to the U.S. Attorney here in Raleigh, North Carolina, asking for an investigation of animal cruelty across the entire state of North Carolina, to say the least. Apparently, it's big in the western part of the state and the middle districts also. Now, you may say to yourself, well, how do they know? Of course, there have been, there have been some local raids here. But what these members did of the AWA was they analyzed shipping records in Guam between September of 2000 and November of 2017. According to them, 9,000 fighting cocks have been mailed from 12 states here in the United States. And good old North Carolina Lina is ranked near the top with 1,000 being shipped and they're being shipped without water or food. So they can't fight. Well, I'm sorry. They're being shipped without water and food so they can fight to the death with knives attached to their feet. I thought it was razors. Maybe they've gotten sophisticated. At least that's what it was on roots. Like I said, I don't know much about it. I just found the article so interesting and humorous. I'm not trying to be funny. You got to see the irony of this. Who still sits around and fights roosters? Apparently somebody does. Well, the U.S. attorney also found that other farms, like I said, are in the western part of the state. Apparently there's one or some in Trap Hill, North Carolina, which is in the mountains and the foothills. And another place called Rhonda, which is in western North Carolina also. Now, if you're wondering what the jail sentence is for this, apparently it used to be a misdemeanor. But, however, in 2005, cockfighting became a Class 1 felony, which is still a low-level felony. It only allots you 3 to 12 months in jail. So, in late 2019, the federal ban was placed on cockfighting in the U.S. territory of Guam. They said enough is enough. Another reason why they suspected that this was going on was... Despite the fact that Guam imports eggs and poultry, a red flag was raised when they, I guess these two organizations discovered there was a lot of roosters being imported also. I mean, roosters can't lay eggs, at least without hands. And I guess the red flag was warranted. Because, hey, look what they found. Like I said, I, I just found it ironic and surprising also and I was somewhat disgusted I mean 
it's just like dog fighting for me. You're putting two animals against each other and you, you got them fighting till they die. Uh, I can find a whole lot more things to do that's entertaining than that. I don't know about the animals. I'm not an animal lover, but I, I, I say just leave the animals out of it. Hell, if you want to watch some fighting, get two boxers. I mean, well, hell, the boxing sport isn't that great anymore. It's not even a real heavyweight division, I don't think. I can't honestly remind, uh, remember when the last time I saw a heavyweight fight. It's always these welterweight or lightweights or middleweights, little skinny guys just jabbing each other. But like I said, I, I'm not an animal lover, not like that. But yeah, that that is a bit barbaric. They have these two birds fighting each other to the death with knives attached to their feet. I don't care what part of the world you're in. That's a little barbaric to me. And that's just my opinion, my fault. You don't have to agree with me. Hey, some people may find it entertaining. Kudos to you. But, hey. Well, continuing on with my great American news and less confrontation and hostility in the news will, I found another article that was... um, quite interesting also and the one thing I, I mean I ask myself are parking parking lots high yield investments well apparently they are in Raleigh North Carolina here in Durham also but in Raleigh I mean there, there's a massive revitali- revitalization going on with downtown Raleigh you know I grew up in Raleigh and and, and I left Raleigh in 1992 and I can remember as a kid up until then yeah there were there were moments where it popped but when I left in 1992 it had started to decline there were a lot of empty buildings there were a lot of empty lots you know they had the warehouse district down there that was starting to dwindle away And around that area now, they're finding a lot of empty lots and parking lots. I mean, the people are still working down there. And and of course, you know, they've done some revitalization where they actually have apartments and condos down there. So there's a lot of, but there's still a lot of empty lots. So when I ask, are parking lots high yield investments? Yeah, they are. They really are. It's land. And uh, investors need the space, not just for parking, but the development of businesses, residential living, or apartments. But here's the thing with residential living, and it's not just happening here in, in certain parts of North Carolina, but it's happening throughout the South. They're building what they're calling tower apartments or tower office building, but more with the residential side, they're building what they're calling tower apartments. And of course, yeah, that's for the millennials. So, one thing I found was that like on a .2 acre vacant lot, it sold for 700000 And it was zoned 
for a building up to 12 stories. The Raleigh skyline is going to change even more than it has. It's still changing, just like here in Durham. One developer stated that in two years, the city will look drastically different. Well, yeah, it sure will if you're planning on building towers. And about a block away, there's another parcel of land that's already been zoned for a 20-story office high-rise. And that's been that's stated slated to be completed by the end of the year. And a block away from there, there's a second 10-story tower in progress as well. You know, developers are upbeat and optimistic that commercial real estate will rebound after the pandemic is over. I mean, so much so, one investor spent $1.5 million for a parking lot in another part of downtown Raleigh. So what does that all mean? Well, it means a hell of a lot. Just like that developer said, the skyline, I mean, the, the, the city is going to change. And it's changing everywhere. Like I said, in the South, the old tobacco or, or cotton mills. I mean, Goldsboro has has done pretty much what Raleigh and Durham has done with their old uh, uh, tobacco warehouses. They turned them into office space and eateries and, and places to go have a drink at night after you get off work. And I believe they have a, a, a pavilion, what they call a pavilion, where there's entertainment, live entertainment. Same thing, as, like I said, has been done here in Durham and Raleigh. I mean, I, I've gone to some of the places called the Tobacco Trail here, and I've had some good eats and some good drinks and some fairly decent water and all those. So, it, it's a good thing, revitalization. I mean, just like I said, I, I love... Raleigh in 1992 and I could tell that that it was drastically changing. It was standing still while the rest of the world was moving on and when I got to Norfolk, I was stationed in Norfolk, Virginia, I observed the same thing there. Their downtown area was blighted and desolate. So it was only a matter of time before these developers or, or these city councils or, or county commissioners got together and said, hey, we got to do something with these buildings that just sitting there rotting away. So I, I think it's a good thing. And and I think that there's a lot of good that goes with it. And there's a lot of bad. I mean, there there is some, let's say that there is some um, reminiscent worries and woes. People may feel that it's changing too fast and they're going to take away from that old southern feel well it is and it has I mean I went downtown a, a month or so ago in Raleigh and it, it does look totally different it's vibrant and upbeat hell I can remember a point in time at 6 o'clock at night or in the evening downtown shut down nothing was open so long gone are those days. Revitalization or renewal or however you want to say it. The old days are gone. It's all about money, money, money. Money money to be made, development to be made. Hey, it has to happen. I mean, that's that's just 
that part of life, I guess. I don't know. We'll see. I think it looks pretty good. I think it looks good there and here in Durham. And from what I've seen on the news, I haven't been to Goldsboro. It looks good there also. Like I said, they couldn't just let those buildings sit there for any longer and just be dilapidated. But that so much is life. Life is always changing. Life is always moving. Whether you're on board or not, the clock keeps ticking. Well, that's all for me today. Just like I said, I wanted to get on here and and give you a little good old American news after all we've been through the the latter part of last year and what the last, hell, 22 days of this year. We'll see what happens. We will see what happens. So, well, that's all for me today. And I want to thank you all for lending me your ears this morning. Continue to like, support, share, or offer feedback. Like I always say, Anchor has a voice message system that you can leave me a voice message. I would love to hear your voice. You can offer feedback. You can also make a monetary contribution. Continue to follow and listen on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. This is Stephen Carnegie for This Is Just a Thought. Amen. Happy birthday, son. Good morning, good morning, good morning. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Thursday, January the 27th, 2021. And my name is Stephen Carnegie, and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Well, the sun isn't really shining here in the lovely state of North Carolina. Got a little snow in the wee hours of the morning. But for most of you that know anything about North Carolina, it wasn't that much. I mean, the mountains, of course, they get it every year. But in this particular region of North Carolina, the Piedmont, it is a rarity. And to be honest with you, we only got about an inch. Some spots got up to four or five inches, but here it was only an inch. Just enough to give you the warm and fuzzies which it always does for me. I I love snow. I'm not going to deny it, even though I don't see it that much. Okay, moving right along. Today's word of the day is foray, which means a sudden or irregular invasion or attack for war or spoils. A raid, or it can mean an intended and often tentative attempt to do something in a new or different field or area of activity. All right, let's move on. Well, 
Super Bowl 55 is set and ready to play. It will be played in the lovely, lovely, warm and sunny Tampa, Florida. Well, history is being made. First time in NFL history that the that a team actually in the Super Bowl will be hosting it in their home stadium. It will be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. And the second part of history that's also being made, it the game will include the oldest quarterback to do it in the NFL so far. That will be Tom Brady. Well, Green Bay couldn't pull it off. Old Tom found a way. I got to give it to him. He is just that good. He found a way. Although there are some that's, of course, like always, poking and prodding at the game. Uh, it could go either way for me. There were some huge discrepancies that I saw, but hey, that's football and that is life. And on the other side, Kansas City defeated the Buffalo Bills to make it to the Super Bowl. Ah, that game wasn't what I hoped it to be. But Buffalo did play a good game. Uh, don't let the score fool you. I can't remember what the exact score was, but it was rather high. I thought Buffalo played a good game for a young team with a young quarterback also. And I, 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 the experience, I think they can move forward with it. If they can hold everything together and build on it, I think they have a pretty good team. They may have a few more good runs at it. Time will tell. Time will tell. All right, well, vaccine disparities are back in the news again. How surprising. Well, according to uh, local reports, there's a huge disparity or a continuation of a disparity for African-Americans and other minorities. And by that, I mean... The disparity is for those that are 65 or older, because that's what's happening here in North Carolina. They're giving vaccines, of course, to your frontline workers. And they're in the nursing homes also and assisted living facilities, giving vaccines to uh, those residents. And for those 65 or older, the disparity, man, that are actually taking the vaccine is mind-blowing and astonishing. For uh, whites, it's 80 to 82% that are actually taking the vaccine. And for African-Americans, it's between 11 and 16.5%. And for Hispanics, it's even lower at 2%. 2%. Man. Well, like I stated earlier in, 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 a, in previous podcasts, I certainly understand the reluctance to take this vaccines for vaccine for minorities, and and you won't get me caught in that that oh you should take it no matter what. That's I, I certainly understand it, and who would know more or, or know better or have a better reason to to say hold up wait a minute than than older African Americans that have lived through it. We're not gonna I'm not gonna take you back down that road, but I think we all know why there's a reluctance 
and why this disparity gap for these vaccines is so wide. But as I, I said before, I um, I took the vaccine. I guess it will make coming up this Saturday three weeks. I took the vaccine three weeks ago. And as many of you know, if you've been following me, I have caught COVID. You know, I jokingly said that I've got to be the only fool in America, unknowing, of course, that took the vaccine and caught the common cold. And then a few days later, I discovered I had COVID. And and I had someone ask me, you know, why did you take the vaccine? You, you being an African-American, how could you take it? And my response is, how could I not? Like I said, I, I have two in my household that caught COVID. My daughter and my wife had a young lady I work with that caught it. Uh, it was all around me. So it be, it didn't become a, a issue of resistance or reluctance. It became an issue of now's not the time to drag your feet. It's here. You know it's here. It's all around you. And for the most part, the only symptom I have had is my uh, loss of smell. I can't smell anything, nothing. You know, I, I look like a dog with his head out the window, walking around, sniffing the air all day, hoping I can catch a a, a whiff of something, but to no avail. You know, like the old saying goes, you don't miss your water until your well runs dry. Well, you don't miss that sense of smell until it is gone. And it is gone. So that apparently that's one of the symptoms. But like I said, I, I totally understand why African-Americans are, are, are so reluctant and other minorities, too, are so reluctant to uh, take the vaccine. But honestly, at some point in time, I think we're, we're all going to have to realize that it is a must because they're finding now multiple strands of COVID. I mean, it's all over the world as it was before, but now these new strands are popping up everywhere. I just heard that there's a strand in, uh, I believe it was Brazil. And apparently, I don't know if that's the same or the second or third strand that they had found before that was said to be more deadly and more contagious. But like I said, at some point in time, we're going to have to take that vaccine. There's no way around it. It's here. COVID is here. And it is not going anywhere. Not anytime soon, anyway. I mean, it's just not. Sorry for you folks. If you're thinking that somehow, some way you can you can tough it out until it goes away, good luck. I mean, maybe you will. You know, I thought I was like I said, everybody around me was catching it and I and I had ducked it for or, or dodged it for so long. And I just said, hey, I must. Hey, this is great. I don't think I catch it, whatever. But. In the end, when I now that I think about it, now that I sit down and truthfully think about it, I took a total of five COVID tests before. I actually tested positive. You know, like I said, my daughter had it. I had to take two with her, one when I left work and one when I returned to work. 
after the quarantine of 14 days. Because at that time, we were in the beginning stages or somewhat in the beginning stages. So, you know, the quarantine link was 14 days. And then when, when my wife caught it, I had to do the same thing again before and then return. But I had to quarantine for her from her. I mean, I was still able to go to work, but I just had to keep myself separate from her in the house. So that was, that was about 10 days or so. And the test came back negative. And when the young lady called her at work, I had been around her for, you know, however long they say, if you're around them, uh, what, five to 15 minutes, you, you become at risk of, of catching COVID or contact contracting COVID. So I tested negative on that one. So that was five tests. And like I said, the more I think about it, I was receiving false negatives. Chances are COVID was in me the whole time. And then my wife also, she works in the healthcare field and, and her tests, all of them came back negative. And she had to take a test every week, I believe, until she ended up experiencing some discomfort stomach cramps. She lost her sense of smell and taste. And what's crazy is she had to go to the uh, ER and that's where she discovered she had COVID. So they've already proven that a lot of the tests at most sometimes for whatever reason, they will come out negative when you're actually positive. So that I believe that's what happened with me. I probably had it the whole time. And like I said, I was just getting negative results. But once I took that vaccine some almost three weeks ago, it must have did what it was supposed to, which was to expose that I had it because the immune system must have kicked in and said, hey, wait a minute, hold on, get out. And that's exactly what it did. So in that aspect, if that's what the vaccine is supposed to do, or one of the things is it is supposed to do in addition to fighting COVID, but expose it, if, if, if that makes sense, it did its job. So I can't tell you what to do, and I'm not going to browbeat you and say, oh, you are this or you are that because you're not. I can't. I honestly can't because, like I said, I was the same way. I was on the fence. Uh, I don't think I'm going to take it. But if I could just say one thing, at some point in time, you are going to have to take it because COVID is different from what we're used to. And it is, once again, it's here. It's moving forward. And it ain't wasting no time. Okay, let's go back to some football. Uh, I, I guess... Not exactly good news, somewhat sad. Philip Rivers is retiring from football at age at the age of 39, retiring with the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, he's a Raleigh native, played high school football at Athens Drive, and his collegiate career was at NC State, North Carolina State University, and Raleigh also. Uh, I think he should have retired with the San Diego Chargers. A lot of good games, a lot of great memories. A lot of great memories. He was that premier quarterback in the NFL. He he gave you all he had. I don't care what anybody says or thinks. So salute to him. Whatever his endeavors may be. Hey, maybe he'll go into commentary or something. Who knows? 
or maybe he'll just walk away gracefully from the sport altogether. Time will tell. Well, let's continue on with our, uh, I guess you could call it good old American news. You know, that's like I said last podcast, after everything that's been going on, we've been browbeaten and and bashed over the head with, with, you know, uh, of course, COVID, uh, the election, then the riot in January and early part of this month, and now the impeachment. The impeachment proceedings are moving forward for uh, President Donald Trump, and I'm not going to talk about it too long. If I could just say, uh, seems like it's just one of those things, to be honest with you. Seems like they're just trying to, to, let's just say, put the nail in the coffin to keep him from coming back for 2024, which he has already said that he will be back. I mean, his parting words to uh, President Biden is, you will see me again. (laughs) Hey, gotta love him. You got to love him. All right. Moving on back to some good old American news here in the city of Durham. Durham City Council has unanimously and it has become another city to pass ordinances against discrimination. Of course, how uh, discrimination in public housing, you know, the usual, you can't discriminate because of gender, sexuality, or military status, but more specifically with the gender, it's gender identity you cannot discriminate against. They came up with these this ordinance that I guess was in two parts. Of course, one was, of course, like I said, the the housing, the public housing, you can't discriminate based off gender identity, sexuality, or military status, which is understandable. But there's a second part. Now, all of this came about because of the expiration of House Bill 142. Now, for you, for you that may not know what House Bill 142 was in the state of North Carolina, it was commonly called the bathroom bill, which was a state law that said people must use the bathroom according to their gender at birth. And that's where that term gender identity raises its head again, because there were some that said, hey, I'm not... I was born this gender, but I identify more specifically or I choose to identify with this gender. And of course, you know, that raised a lot of eyebrows, got a lot of things rolling and a lot of insults and debates were held and it went back and forth. Long story short, Durham has now passed an ordinance that says it is unlawful to discriminate also against someone based on their hairstyle. Hmm. Now, I got to admit, I guess it's a naivete for me because I personally didn't know that, that the hairstyle was a great debate. I, I just didn't. 
I guess I've been out of the loop for a while. I'm not hip anymore. Or I'm not compassionate enough. I, I just think there's more in life to. If you choose to gripe about that someone's hairstyle, I personally don't care. But I have been out and about and I have seen people walking down the street with certain hairstyles and, and, and colors. And I've said to myself, huh, I wonder where they work. And lo and behold, when I walk into some establishment, there they are standing behind the counter or someone that looks like them with that unusual or unorthodox hairstyle that, I mean, is not something I personally would use or wear. So this new ordinance, which is a Durham ordinance, I believe they call it chapter 34. And it also encompasses the housing discrimination and the hairstyle discrimination. You can't discriminate discriminate based on certain hair types and textures as it relates to race, i.e. your braids, your locks, your twists, tight coils, or curls, cornrows, bantu knots, and afros. And this is directed mainly towards employers who may discriminate. Now, like I said, all of this is a result of House Bill 142 or the bathroom bill. And it just keeps expanding. Now you have a, a, a ordinance saying here in Durham. And apparently it's not, we're not the only city here. There's some more cities across this country that have done the same thing. So I guess it is a big thing. How naive of me or how insensitive of me. Just didn't know it was a big thing. Hmm. I, I, I don't know how. I guess you can't. I mean, if you pass the ordinance, I guess people have to follow it no matter what. But it, it specifically states it is to include and protect more categories and govern, govern private employers and I guess landlords. They can't discriminate. Apparently, I guess some landlords were discriminating also because of these hairstyles and mm, I hate to keep beating a dead horse here, but I, I just didn't know that a hairstyle was that important. So my, my thing is the thing that stands out most to me is by the way, it's supposed to take effect July 1st of this year. And the reason why they put it out off to July 1st is because they wanted to give more businesses and city city leaders time to become more familiar with these new rules. But going back, I say the one thing that stood out to me was the part where it says it governs private employers and landlords also. And I thought to myself, I said, well, if they're private employers and landlords, how are you going to dictate to them who they can and, and can't have in their place of business or reside in a residence that they're renting out or leasing out, then it dawned on me. 
it sounds like a stretch, but hey, crazier things have happened. It dawned on me. Essentially, what they're saying is, yeah, you're private and you're a private entity. But. We're still going to dictate it to you. Because if you're, even though you're private, if you're taking any federal grants, loans, help me out, however you want to award it, especially now more than ever during COVID. And I've always said COVID is that ever-changing, life-altering event. Here it is. If you're receiving that stimulus or those business stimulus checks that they rolled out or are going to roll out to help you stay afloat or rebound or, 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 or keep your business going during this pandemic, you got to listen to me. You know, the old expression your parents used when you got older or maybe when you were a teenager or you got older and you hit a bump in the road and they used to say to you, hey, if you want to take my money, you're going to have to hear my mouth. Sounds familiar? I know it's a stretch, but hey, that's the only thing I could come up with because I just can't see how a, a government can tell someone that's in that private sector what's discrimination and what's not discrimination. What you can or can't do. I mean, again, maybe it's a naivete on my part, but the only thing I can come with, come up with is just that. If you're taking my money, then you're going to follow my rules. Private or no private. Now, I'm not being a prick, and I certainly don't mean to, to sound like it, but I got to ask, when does it end? When does it end when we allow people to tell us what we can and can't do? And I, I'm not discriminating against anyone. Like I said, it, it's your it's your God-given right. Let's not even put the Constitution in. It's your God-given right. If that's what you choose to do, God gave us all free will. And I'm not preaching. That's just That's just a known fact. We all have free will. Free will to do what we want to, when we want to, where we want to, how we want to. But we have to deal with the consequences of that. You know, for every action, you know, there's an opposite reaction, you know, all that. But within this free will, you have to say to yourself, yeah, I'm going to do it. And this may happen. Somebody may like it. Somebody may not. But if you make your mind up and say, this is it's within my free will, I choose to do this, I choose to do that. I don't see how you could gripe about it. And maybe times have changed, but that's just the way I was brought up. That's just how I, I, I have lived my life. I've never been one to complain or gripe when things didn't go my way, when I, I went off and did what I wanted to. And then sometime later when it, you could say, backfired in my face, it came back to bite me. But, hey, to each his own. I just don't see how the, how that is going to help anything or how that is supposed to improve relationships or improve mankind for the better, the greater good by dictating to, to people what they can and can't do because you're saying that a certain group feels this way and thinks that way and they're saying you're discriminated against them because 
you choose not to hire them because of their hairstyle. I just think there's so much more on the table than a hairstyle. Then again, maybe maybe it's something greater. Maybe I should talk to someone who who who's of that lifestyle and has you know one of those those hairstyles. Because like I said, I've seen a, quite a few walking around town. And I'm like, wow, that's unusual. Not poking or prodding or picking like the old folks say. Stop picking. I'm not doing that. I, I just find it erotic, you could say. I, I mean, I really do. We're also included in this uh, chapter 34. There's also no description discrimination based on military status. Uh, and sexual orientation, gender identity, and it protects hairstyles, of course. But this will make Durham the first city in North Carolina to prohibit discrimination based on hairstyle. Okay. Well, so I guess kudos to Durham and the Durham City Council. They became the first at something. I mean, I guess... You got to be the first at something, so I, I guess it would be that. I don't know. I guess you tackle what you can first, the smaller things first, before you go dive into the bigger. But once again, I, I don't see where hairstyle has any has any reason to pass a whole new ordinance. Was the discrimination that bad? I don't know. That's just me. That's just me. That's just me. Anywho, let's move on to apparently also here in Durham. There's a big Huge, I shouldn't say big, huge disparity and learning in the uh, Latino community. Now, we'll get into that. It's going to be a, a second part. And of course, it's, it's like with so many, it's technology and the online learning. Some may be surprised, some may not, but. We'll get into that in the second part. I'm going to end it for now. And I would like to thank you all for lending me your ears this morning. I ask that you continue to like, support, share, offer feedback. And follow me on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. This is Stephen Carnegie for This Is Just a Thought. Amen.